This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Welcome to the My All Men Said podcast. It's something for the weekend time. Joining me, David Michael, Mr. Chris Budd. Welcome. Hello. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Scurrying around the Villaverse, gathering information for our listeners as usual. Going into all the nooks and crannies. Yeah. Deepest, darkest depths. I think we'll... uh drop things like, uh, I know who the drone uh, flyers were at the Southampton game. Maybe we real intel. Drop such intel like this in the main show. Something for the weekend is a prep for the weekend's activities. This weekend's activities come at the earlier time, half 12. So uh, there's not going to be much time to listen to this show. So we're just going to pump it out. Quick version, pump it out. S-A-S-A-P. So we'll leave all the, the goodies and news for the main show. I'll, I'll probably write about it before the main show on AstonVilla.WTF, which is a newsletter which I haven't actually had an edition out since uh, Villa broke up for the World Cup. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to that, AstonVilla.WTF, because I will soon be closing that off to public consumption. You'll have to be subscribed to read that. And, and it's it's free anyway, so it doesn't kill you to get information and the inside track on things. Right, so we like to get up to speed quickly on the show with what's been going on in a Villa Minute. So without further ado, Mr Chris Bird, give me a Villa Minute. Villa returned to the scene of last season's final day capitulation to take on the financially doped football death star of Guardiola and co. Means the surprise admission with an injury rang alarm bells, a city named all the big guns to throw at Callum Chambers. Chambers did well to hold out for three and a half minutes. Two became three after a Chambers error gifted Gundogan a tap-in, and when a certain floppy-haired former Villa favourite decided to go all Tom Daly on our asses, Mares dispatched the soft penalty and at 3-0 it was game over before half-time, Chambers wishing he hadn't got off the bus. Villa rallied after the break, the informed Watkins coolly slot 
spotting a consolation goal added to with lively cameos from Coutinho and new boy Duran who hit the bar with a thunder bastard of a shot. Positive end to a frustrating afternoon for Villa, 3-1 it finished. After returning from strike to force a new three and a half year contract over the line, allegedly, Tyra Mings hopefully will return against Arsenal this weekend. Villa will be looking to avoid three consecutive losses to set them up for a run of games where they hope they can re-establish their top half credentials. After making it 13 games without a win against Pep, Emery goes up against his former employers who he's never lost to. One win, three draws. Ooh, can he extend it? So, this week, it's Arsenal. Former table toppers. Now, uh... Recently demoted. Demoted, but they do have a game in hand. If we take something off them, I think that blip that you were talking about, they they were due, has, has really come into full f- fruition. Yeah. Well, they haven't won in four. It's four without a win, isn't it, in all competitions? Obviously, three in the league, and then they, they lost the cup game to City as well. Yeah, I mean, there's there's two ways of looking at it. People say, oh, well, you know, they'll be focused on getting a reaction after the City game. But when it starts mm. to be two or three, you think, well, actually, they might start to get a bit nervous now. They're feeling a bit of pressure as well. And just the and the fatigue. You know, they haven't yeah. rotated much. They haven't, well, they haven't been able to, for starters. So I don't mind playing them at all, uh, especially early doors, straight after yeah. uh, Wednesday night for them. The stars have aligned pretty well. A lot depends on Ming's, Ming's situation, yeah. though. It still remains a doubt. I mean, we joked uh, in the Villa minute there that he was uh, just striking to get that improved contract over the line. We haven't heard Emery's press conference, which uh, should have been a bit earlier than normal, considering the half-twelve kickoff. But the reports seem to be uh, that it's a thigh issue and it's kind of touch and go. Um, I think it will make a big difference on this is a game where we can do them, I think. But I think we need Mings to be there. You need to be at your best to be Arsenal, I think, at the moment. You know, they are they are very much a, a strong side. You know, they're not necessarily at the level of City right now with individuals. But I think they've been a really good unit this season and they've been deservedly you know, where they are in the league for a reason. Although Partey's at, Partey didn't play for them in midweek. He's got a back injury, and I think he's a big miss for them in the middle of the park because he's a bit of a powerhouse. Yeah, well, we'll get into them uh, in a second. Uh, Ming's new contract, happy with that? Yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's got to be positive. Anything that you can do to help keep him happy and get the best out of him, then that's got to be a good thing. Yeah, I mean, currently he is one of the, let's say, the personalities in that team. If he goes mm-hmm. missing or if Martinez goes missing as a supporter... You're worried? You're worried. I mean, and you probably have to throw Watkins in that mix now since we haven't got a, yeah. a real established, experienced striker to back him up now. Mm-hmm. So those would be three key players. I think midfield-wise, pretty much interchangeable. You can get away with if any of these players are, let's say, injured. And that I includes Kamara, Kamara because yeah. Kamara slipped a bit. In recent performances, he hasn't... He's had a couple of difficult weeks, hasn't he, with the Leicester and the, and the City game. Uh, yeah, he hasn't rubber-stamped his kind of influence yet. Mm-hmm. We need more of those characters in, in, in the squad uh, come next summer. I mean, you know, I'm counting three there. You really need... Are you hoping that Carlos might become one if he comes back and... And if you can get McGinn sort of firing again, he has the the potential to be that kind of that kind yeah, of personality. Yeah, I mean, I've uh, I'm still kind of out. His reservations whether whether he will be a, a starter in Emery's utopian mm. system. Carlos, so you know, it's serious injury, and with the Achilles, he may not be a hundred percent in terms of speed or what he used to be. So that's a concern. But definitely, we need a couple. Of, you know, you need at least half your team to be characters if you really want to kick on. And more, ideally. Truri could be on the bench. Uh, yeah, I'd expect him to be on the bench. I don't think he'd start him. Unless it's a, you know he wants to throw a massive curveball. <laughs> uh, in terms of Arsenal's injury situation, I mean, you just said Partey. Smith-Rowe should 
potentially return to the squad. Although he's he's not really been doing much anyway. No. So that's not really a concern. Obviously, and obviously Gabriel Jesus is out, isn't he? Yeah. The, the, the strange thing about the uh, you know we've been doing shows recently and uh, we've we've actually been on a rare run of form against Arsenal. I think it was three legit games, throwing a preseason friendly that we beat them, and but now uh, here we are, Arsenal looking to be looking to do a, a successive league double over Villa. It actually caught me by surprise this turnaround in fortunes. Yeah, considering how you know, especially when we disposed of them three 0 at their own place a couple of years ago and beat them at home as well, you thought, wow, we've really turned the corner here against one of the big, the so-called big boys when they clearly weren't at their best at that point, and they seem to have somewhat turned the corner. But it'd be a big one, this one for Villa. I remember at the time saying because we had a few points on them, and I and I did say we we would be disappointed at the end of the season if and we don't were. finish above Arsenal, and uh, we were nowhere near achieving that. No, the wheels fell off, didn't they, unfortunately? But their Premier League record at Villa Park is pretty decent, uh, you have to say. Well, most of the big sides are, aren't they? Because we had so long being just a dumpster fire. The Gunners have only won more Premier League away games against West Ham than the 13 they have earned at Villa Park, which uh, I'm starting to sweat now. (laughs) I think if Mings isn't back, I think they might add to that. Unfortunately. But it's that thing... If you are a team and you need something and you're on a bad run or you haven't scored or something, we need to break that reputation. Yeah, that's not a good. That's not a good look because as much as there's a bit of the you know us and most of the Villa verse being quite cynical from the outside, that looks like you're soft. Yeah, but also it's just kind of joking. Look. But it's you know the joke's actually based. It's to soften the blow of of hard factual evidence. Yeah. In terms of the Mings situation, it's a fact that you just threw out there. If Mings isn't playing, then we we're pretty much we're not going to win. And that's you know based on the twelve Premier League games that he's missed since promotion, they've only won once, and that was against Norwich. Nine losses thrown in there, so that says all you need to know. Just the fact you know when Ming when Smith was trying to make a point with him and put him on the bench against West Ham, you, you just thought, what are you doing? If you want to discipline him or something, or whatever the problem is, whether I think that was more of a form thing, but it it's like let him get his form back by playing because and you know we got ransacked by West Ham at Villa Park. We were never going to win that, and then when Gerard did the switch. And in my opinion, the only person that you could probably get away with calling captain at that time was probably Martinez. Mm-hmm. The only other reason I would take the captaincy off uh, Mings is if I signed a player that screamed captain material, probably a centre midfielder uh, back at that time. So that backfired because he gave it to McGinn and then McGinn was suddenly dropped and it's just it, it doesn't create good vibes for Mings. So uh, hopefully this is a turning point and he can just get on with it because that cost him his England uh, position as well, the whole Gerard Fandango. Yeah. And, you know, we're talking about somebody who's played 17 times for England, 14 clean sheets, and has actually scored two goals as well. You know, when he played in a proper tournament last time in the Euros 2020, although obviously that happened a year later, clean sheets throughout the group stage. He only played the group stages, but clean sheets in, in those stages and, you know, they never lost. So you can't fault his appearances for England, you know, albeit there's probably, a, I don't know, a third of them have been against your Andorras and your San Marinos, but still there's not many better English centre-backs. I would rate him above Connor Cody. I'm sure most Villa fans yeah. would. And Harry Maguire, I would uh, say. I mean, I couldn't believe when there was those crazy links to Harry Maguire. Never going to happen. Never going to pay his wages, etc. But still, other people bought into this. And you're thinking, I'd rather have Mings than Maguire. I'm sorry. Anyway. 
yeah, I mean, they're, they're equally susceptible to a mistake, but you look in the, the England context and all of our centre-backs are prone to a mistake. You look at John Stones, who's pretty much a guaranteed starter, and he's like pretty much a weak link whenever he plays for Man City. It's kind of England yeah, are not I mean, blessed at centre-back currently. But, I mean, you know, we there's some certain people focus on the negatives, and the negatives is the odd mistake. The positives are huge. It's like you might actually win the game. And- you might actually win the game. Yeah, you know, for all his errors, you look at his last gasp blocks and tackles and and certainly the way he marshals the defence, his communication, which you don't notice as much now out of lockdown because obviously you've got fans in the stadiums, but he is a big part of the way Villa play, whether you like it or not. When you say you like it, no, that's only just, you know, mugs on social media. And, you know, sometimes the the discourse with Mings is just because, uh, let's say, uh, it's not all about football. Some reasons people don't like him. That's all I'll, I'll say there. Anyway, moving on, Ollie Watkins on a good run. So uh, he does well against Arsenal, does he not? Well, he's an Arsenal fan. Well, yeah, that's why he likes to score against them. So yes, yeah, so it'd, it'd be a good time for him to have a, have a big game. It'll be his fourth successive game that he scored in if he uh, manages to do the job. Which is what you want from him. You thinking Bailey will start? I mean, we're not exactly um, flooded with options, are we, in those positions? So I think he'll probably have to. I mean, I had him in my fantasy team. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not bothered about fantasy. Uh, it's not real. But uh, there was that decision I had to make. I was like, because he's cheap, you, you, I had him in there. And because he, he, he has that potential to impact, you know, my thinking was he was worth having in my fantasy squad. He's done for call. And then uh, this weekend, I thought, right, are we getting him out of there? Are we basically transferring him out. And he was, I was thinking, against Arsenal... There is that thing that he has the potential to do something, and it's such a yeah. strong feeling. But I took off my claret glasses and got rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> but that was mainly because I transferred him out for a player that's going to play two games this week, so there was a oh, logic okay. to it. But anyway, it's just an example of the thinking about him. He's like, A, there's nobody who can play his position that you could bring in. I mean, Truro's not fit yet. You could potentially, if Archer was at the team, play Archer and Watkins up front because they're kind of both willing runners. Archer's yeah. quite mobile, but obviously he's a, a middle of belters, didn't he? he? scored a couple of belts in midweek. Yeah, so you, you've kind of got to go with Bailey. I mean, on, on the Archer thing, it obviously every time Archer scores a goal, there's hype on social media and there's like, you know, why isn't he playing for Villa, whatever. It's, it's still the championship. I mean, I, what, you know, I've seen both of those goals against Middlesbrough, one of them, the, the defence is the defensive line just dis- disintegrates, it disappears, and he's he just freedom of the park to run into. Yep. wouldn't happen in the Premier League. So this is the difference. It's- and you're looking for more all round play. I, mean, I don't think anybody doubts his you know, his finishing ability in front of goal, etc. But it's his, you're looking when you compare him to Watkins as a lone striker. I don't think his all round play would be at that level because Danny Ings's wasn't, and Danny Ings is also a goal scorer. Yeah, and England international. Yeah, but Archer's all round game is is actually better than I. Th- because he can run at defences. And he's stocky, any to be fair. Yeah, he can cause you problems. He's not just a, you know, he's not a fox in the box, man. He can score from anywhere. He's uh, He's got the full range in terms yeah. of shooting. And so him and Watkins up front, I think, would be interesting as a, as a dual terror force. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was really pleasantly surprised, as I said in the Villa Minute, with the little cameos from Coutinho and certainly Duran at Man City, where you know, the, the one that he rattled off the bar, you thought that's, what, that's the kind of raw talent you're looking for from that yeah. kind of player. And he's a very willing runner. I don't think he would start against Arsenal, but it'd be interesting to see him get a, a slightly longer period of, of play, shall we say. Because it's going to take him a while to get up to speed day to day on the training, and then obviously at match speed, you know, just because the difference of you know playing in the states and then playing in the Premier League is going to be huge. But he's he's got some interesting attributes, and he could be a bit of a curveball. It just adds that diversity of threat to the to the Villa yeah. makeup. Yeah, and I think Traore as well once he's back fit as well, it gives you a bit of variety which we haven't really had a lot of this season. Yeah, because Watkins, if you're playing against Watkins, you're thinking, oh, there's you know he's going to run as ragged, and uh, that's something you don't look forward to. But in terms of like, oh, this guy's a handful. We in the physical capacity, in terms of in the air and everything, we we haven't had that for a long time. And hopefully, uh, Duran. Duran will uh, add that to our uh, weaponry, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, I mean there was that, the game, obviously, the famous Trezeguet one that pretty much kept us in the Premier League was the, the night with the, that real sliding doors moment for Keenan Davis, wasn't it? Where his, yeah. his overall play was fucking brilliant on the night. And then he had that huge chance, I remember, at the end. He thought, go on, etch your name into the folklore. And he stuck it wide and he thought, ah, oh, right, okay. Yeah. Did everything else right, but he just hasn't got the, the ability in front of goal which is why, of course, he's now in Watford. Hopefully, duran has got more than just winning the crossbar challenge every game. <laughs> <laughs> the Etihad crossbar challenge. Yeah. Right. But yeah, just going back, we've lost our last uh, three to them after winning uh, the three before that. And then, I mean, before that, uh, including... The record was awful, wasn't it? 4-0 thumping in the FA Cup. This is when we were going down, like the FA Cup final, we got beat 4-0. Before that, a couple of months before that, we got beat 5-0 by them. We, we, did, we didn't score against them for uh, in five losses. Yeah. And, and that then was, generally, when we actually would would get a result, it tended to be at their place, you know, with the, you know, the Tony Moon opening day of the season one. There was the Darren Bent, you know, last yeah. sort of last couple of weeks of the season win that was a huge win at the time. Didn't Mel Melberg scored the first goal at the Emirates at the yeah, Emirates? Yeah, with a header from a corner. Yeah, yeah. And of course, there was the Gabby one when we won two 0 there as well. But uh, you know, Villa Park's been a bit more a slightly leaner place to play in general. Historically, uh, we've always we've we've been on the end of some batterings. Like you know, in '95 we got beat. 4-0 we got beat 5-0 in 91 I was at that 90, uh, 95 game it was horrendous that was when little Little's team just couldn't buy a win and this wasn't even a classic and Arsenal then, team yeah, back in the 80s we got I think it was like 6-1 or 6-2 when uh, Tony Woodcock scored I think it was 5 goals 4 or 5 goals so we've actually recently uh, 
despite having only you know three consecutive wins sam- sandwiched in between nine losses, at least you don't feel as it's an inevitable slapping when you play Arsenal now. So they feel a lot more comfortable, especially at home, uh, than, let's say, the City game. Yeah, I mean, Villa, Villa Park's been a difficult place to play, but I, I do, you think you said it earlier, it feels like an interesting time to play Arsenal off the back of the little run they've had, some of the stats in terms of their fatigue and some of the stuff that their fans, when you see online, they're saying that they, they do look like they're kind of running on empty a little bit at the moment. You know, they haven't been able to rotate the squad very much. Well, let's the talk City more specifically. I mean, in terms of the, the threat meeting, I mean, they spread the goals around. Mm-hmm. Injury to Gabriel uh, Jesus's, he, he was the focal point. Yeah. But injuries curtailed that influence, but they've had to spread the uh, goals around. And, you know, Saka and Odegaard have uh, eight between, well, eight each, should I say. Gabriel. Martinelli's been good, hasn't he? Yeah, he's he's bag seven. What do you think of Eddie Nketiah? I, th- I thought against City, he's a bit of an Abraham. He needs like many chances. He's he's not like mm-hmm. that one chance, one goal. You can rely on it. I mean, I put a tweet out in that City game saying no, it's like Arsenal need an invitation to shoot. It's yeah, like, they, they did over like the vampire at the door that needs to be yeah. invited in because Manchester City, when they you know they they didn't piss around like De Bruyne's so goal, clinical city in, way, you know they? just clinical finishing. When I looked to that, I thought there's two weaknesses where Villa perhaps can fashion a result here. One was Arsenal seemed to need an invitation to shoot. I mean, back in the day they used to walk the ball in, but they were effective at doing that. This team, yeah. different matter. They don't instinctively take their chances. And also, I'm not convinced by Ramsdale. He's not a catcher of the ball. He's a punt. We saw him vulnerable against that Louise corner that went in. Mm-hmm. And against City, he wasn't all that convincing. Like stuff that Martinez comes out and claims he was punching. So I think he needs to be got at. It's a, it's a bit like when you play City, but in, in a different way. You've, you've got to be brave and you've got to be willing to have a go when you get the opportunity. Know that they're going to have a lot of the ball, but when you get that ball, like we showed in the second half against City, we have got enough firepower to hurt anyone in the league. You've just got to go and do it. Yeah. Compared to the Leicester game, where of course we had shitloads of the ball, plenty of chances, and kind of just weren't clinical. And of course, you when you gift anyone four goals or three goals or whatever, you know, you're going to have to play well defensively, as you'd expect. But we've got enough to, to actually go and, and win this game. And I think if they're not quite at the races in terms of their kind of their, level, their energy levels, yeah, mentally and, and with their energy levels, I, I saw, saw a little stat that they'd been outrun an average of more than three kilometers in the last three games by teams, which would suggest that they're not quite at the levels they were before. You're going to have to outwork them. But we've got players who can who that might suit. You know, I think someone like you know a, a Watkins getting after them if they're not quite at the races. Someone like Bailey if he gets into a little bit of a a bit of a, a mojo in the game. He thinks, do you know what? I can really get at their fullback. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those where I think if we can start well and get a little bit of belief, was of course, you know, we started so well against Leicester and then gifted them a goal. You were back to square one before you'd started. And at City, you'd, you'd kind of lost the game before you even got Season going. performances by Kamara and Louise would definitely uh, help this situation. Yeah, they, they had a very difficult outing, didn't they, at the Etihad, which you're always going to have when you saw their front five. You just thought, Jesus Christ, that, that defence, those defensive positions are going to come under flack. But going back to Arsenal, I mean, Trossard is kind of quintessential Arsenal player. I thought he was yeah, a very yeah. logical buy. I thought compared to a lot of signings, like, you know... And Jorginho, likes, actually. I thought that was a good The money that move, Chelsea yeah. were dropping, I thought Trossard's purchase was pretty modest. Uh, yes. From, you know, I thought Brighton might have held out for another 10 mil there. Mm-hmm. And I think Jorginho, who's always tended to play reasonably well against us for Chelsea, he's obviously gone there now and um, looks kind of steady. Yeah. But I think them losing Partey in the middle of the park, that's a big loss for them. He's been a really, really big player for them. But yeah, if you go back 
I don't know, a month. I'd have been a lot less confident playing Arsenal then than now. So, uh, yeah. as you say, mentally, energy-wise, uh, there's, a, there's a chance there. But, you know, Villa need to deliver, a, let's say, at least an 8 out of 10 performance to be in the game here. Oh, yeah, at least. And I, and I think the fans are looking for another one of those. You know, we had the, the big sort of win against United. The fans are looking for that sort of statement performance against another one of the big teams. Essentially, to tee up the fixtures that are to come. Yeah. Because you kind of you go into a run, you can you can now you can put a run again, run of points together really if you if you've got your house in order. Yeah, rather than limping into them with three losses. Uh, yeah. With that in mind, Mum's pull panel result. What are you a going sneaky, for? Sneaky home win. I've been saying it for weeks. I, I just I think we can win this one. I didn't. I kind of yeah. You say it against City. Oh, we could go there and get some. But I never believed we we were going to. With this one, I actually think. Do you know what? There's it's all teed up for for Villa to get something in this one. And I think the Emery factor of maybe him wanting to you know get one over on his old team, which I, he's a very pragmatic gentleman. But I think he'll still be hungry to to make a point. I'm not going for the win. I'm going for a draw that will keep his unbeaten record against Arsenal intact and stretch it to uh, five games. And I think a point. I'd be content with that. I, I don't like going into games and saying, yeah, I'd be content with the point, but this one uh, works for me. It works for Manchester City as well. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, but hey-ho. But I mean, if Arsenal beat us, I think, well, okay, they, they are legitimate yeah. title contenders. I don't think we're actual gatekeepers for them to be established as title contenders. No. But if you don't beat Villa on Saturday, then I don't think they're going to win the league, put it that way. Well, it's traditionally a game that they would slip up in over the last few years. Not necessarily Villa as such, but a you know, mid-table team away from home in an early kickoff. Right. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, also, thank you very much to the My Old Man Said members that have joined us in Match Club for the Manchester City game and for their continual uh, support of the show. I'll do uh, any new member shout-outs in the main show as per usual, but if you want to uh, support the show and get access to ad-free shows, so no more waiting around listening to ads, extra shows, there's a couple of things releasing over this weekend, and also the membership of the illustrious Match Club. Which was a belter for Man City, by the way. It was a then good one. please do go to the My Man Said website and click on uh, the members link to join up there and join us as we batten down the hatches and hopefully go for a top half finish right final bit of news i mentioned it on uh, twitter i've announced before that there would be rail seating stroke safe standing at villa park in the upper Holt End and Upper Doug Ellis. Uh, the penny dropped in a meeting, uh, not with a club, but somebody who, who, let's say, is a stakeholder in these things. That uh, actually the Upper Doug, because people are saying, why would it be in the Upper Doug? And it's actually in the away end that uh, their upper tier will be uh, rail seating, which makes makes sense because they all stand uh, anyway. Villa's approach to the rail seating and safe standing isn't about atmosphere or anything like that. It's all about safety. They're just thinking, well, if people stand in a top tier, then because it's a top tier, it may makes sense from a safety point of view that to have rail seating in there you know because the first thing you think about top tier is falling off the out of the tier don't you if uh, anything goes mad but if the rail seatings are, are in there and, it, and there's a bar across then it kind of makes sense from their point of view it's you know it's a health and safety thing yeah and, and we, we've said numerous times haven't we, that person is not not really at the cutting edge of this stuff in terms of being proactive about getting rail seating you know in the way the fans want it should we say it's a safety. It's a safety thing. Over. I mean, we've gone from uh, when Paul Faulkner were there volunteering to be the first Premier League 
club to actually test rail seating uh, mm-hmm. going back, back to, queue, aren't we now? to now like you know afterthought kind of job but hey hey ho at the moment as soon as that springsteen concert finishes then at the moment the north stand's going to be started the next day and i think the rail seating's going to be started uh, because you won't be needing that bit of the uh, the doug ellis for uh, the concerts you know the pink and no that'll uh, be that'll be bring co- so they will they will actually start on the rail seating uh, after the season finishes in that bit anyway i think in terms of the whole tend they've obviously got a rough idea where it's going to be it's going to be the top of the upper tier but i think there's just a question in terms of the survey which was put out that will help them establish you know how far forward it will go and you know ultimately the the kind of final considerations in terms of its placement anyway that's next season. Let's see what happens this weekend. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.